Please sit as we listen to our readings from Holy Scripture. First reading, a reading from the Acts of the Apostles. While Peter was speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out of the even, even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing? These people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. Psalm 98. Response. The Lord has made known his victory in the sight of the nations. The Lord has made known his victory in the sight of the nations. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. With his right hand and his holy arm, has he won for himself the victory. The Lord has made known his victory in the sight of the nations. The Lord has made known his victory. His righteousness has he openly shown. In the sight of the nations, he remembers his mercy and faithfulness. To the house of Israel and all the ends of the earth have seen the the victory of our God. The Lord has made known his victory in the sight of the nations. Shout with joy to the Lord, all you lands. Lift up your voice, rejoice and sing. Sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the voice of song, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Shout with joy before the King, the Lord. The The Lord Lord has made known his victory in the sight of the nations. Let the sea make a noise and all that is in it, the lands and those who dwell therein. Let the rivers clap their hands and let the hills ring out with joy before the Lord. When he comes to judge the earth, in righteousness shall he judge the world and the peoples with equity. The Lord has made known his victory in the sight of the nations. Second reading, a reading from the first letter of John. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments, and this and his commandments are not burdensome, for whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood. Jesus Christ, not with water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is the truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand as you're able to receive the gospel. The Lord be in your lips and in your heart as we proclaim the gospel in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Alleluia, alleluia. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Alleluia. 
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. I have said these things to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. May I speak in the name of he who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you this morning um, at St. Mark's. This, for me, marks the beginning now of being able to come out of lockdown and actually start to visit churches. I mean, I started, as you all know, during the pandemic. And so therefore, um, for a whole year plus, I have not been able to actually get out and to visit the churches and to uh, meet the people in situ. Zoom doesn't do it. And that I'm, I'm thankful for all of you who are with us online, but it really feels so good to be here in person. So it's an honor and a pleasure to be with you this morning. Now, our gospel passage this morning, Jesus is showing the disciples the foundation of unity that should exist amongst themselves, the unity that he tells them exists between him, Jesus, the Son, and the Father. And that is the foundational model that the whole of that gospel is setting out for us. Now, we're at Easter 6, but that reading from John takes us back to Jesus's farewell address to his followers. And the theme of love is powerful throughout. You would have heard those words as it was read. Love just came out completely in an abundance. Um, as Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it abundantly. That reading had an abundance of the mention of love. John tells us when he knew his hour had come, Having loved his own in the world, he loved them to the end. And now he's telling the disciples, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Over these past few weeks, as we've listened to our, our readings from John, we've heard that we are known by God, that we are cared for, 
that as sheep, we are loved by the shepherd who even lays down his life for the flock. Because of the depth of the love that Jesus has for us, that the Father has for us, so we too are commanded to belong to one another, to care for one another, to love one another, and to be friends with one another. Now, the pandemic has brought to the surface what was present before. That is that loneliness and isolation appears to be on the rise. And once upon a time where we thought it was perhaps mainly our older members of the population who were the loneliest people, we found that actually our younger members are also quite lonely too. It is not something that is limited to a particular age group. And of course, the pandemic has brought social isolation and the lockdown has brought that. But it's difficult in our modern culture, isn't it? With peer pressure, overloaded calendars, the internet, social media, to make room for deep and real friendships, which is what Jesus is talking about. I don't think that we take enough time to really get to know um, and truly care for others. Now, during this year, I know that churches have done a fantastic job in calling and checking on their members. But I also know, even though I'm no longer a parish priest, that in many churches, they didn't have the phone numbers or the contact details of quite a number of the people who were part of the church. And that this year has given people that opportunity to build back those relationships and to deepen those friendships. But still, I know people who'd rather text than telephone. And I don't know about our young people here, but um, my daughter quite often sends voice notes rather than make a phone call. I find it so strange that my daughter's talking, I hear her talking, and I say, oh, is that my goddaughter? Because that's who she's talking to. Mom, I'm sending a voice note. Shush. I said, why don't you just call her? I don't understand it. But all of that reduces our contact. All of that. And so friendship now becomes, how many followers do I have? How many likes have I got? Depending on what I do. And the ingredients of a deeper relationship is becoming more and more lost. So maybe it was the same in Jesus' time because he's certainly making a big push for the disciples to put friendship at the heart of what it is to be in true relationship. And we learn from Jesus what it means to be truly and deeply loved, so much so that we know those famous words from John 13, that he is willing to give his life for us. But true friendship isn't a one-way relationship. It demands reciprocity. That doesn't mean that it has to be of equal balance. There's no way that Jesus, who is our friend, as he calls us, that we're ever going to be do, we're ever going to be able to do as much as he has done and continues to do for us. It's not expected that it's a kind of an equal scale where I do for you and you do for me and we balance it out. And if we don't do that, we're not friends. You know, it doesn't go, what have you done for me lately? That is not what friendship is about. 
Friendship is being there and knowing that you love and you care for someone and that they love and they care for you. There's a mutuality in it, but that mutuality does mean that we have responsibilities. And Jesus uses these words in this reading. And every time I hear them, they kind of hit me because he says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. What I command you. Now, when we hear that word command, it sounds harsh, doesn't it? When someone says, I command you to do that, it, it sounds like they're ordering us, they're forcing us. But then what is he forcing us to do? What is he commanding us to do? What does he feel he has to command us to do? He's commanding us to love each other. To love each other. A commandment to love. So, in the same way as we look at the Old Testament and the commandments that we've been given, this commandment, Jesus says, what is the, what is the, what is the main commandment? What is the fundamental commandment? It is that we love God and we love ourselves and we love each other. And this is what he's saying now. And he's saying that by, by doing so, we play, we must play a part in that friendship. We must love but that love must be mutual. We must give as well as take. And that commandment is like the Ten Commandments. It's not just an order. It's a covenantal relationship. You get that? It's a covenantal relationship. It's something that we build together. So that's what he's calling us to. He's calling us to faithful, loving service, and he's calling us to a relationship, and he's calling us and appointing us. He's chosen us. He tells the disciples that, doesn't he? I've chosen you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. You might think you chose me. You might think you came into church. You might think you're the one that said that, but I, before you knew you were you, I was there. Before you even heard my voice, I was speaking. Before you put your hand up and said, yes, I want to be confirmed, I was in relationship with you. So I was there before you were you. I chose you. I named you. I am there. And that's the Jesus. That's the God that's reminding us that we've been chosen, that we've been called, and that we've been appointed to bear lasting fruit, to bear good fruit. So what is the good fruit that we can bear? Is that fruit that we, in the knowledge that we abide in him, and then we know we abide in him, we are the branches of a vine that bears rich fruit for a world hungry for love. Our world is so hungry for love. And this church is in such a good place to be able to offer that love for the world. At the moment, and I know you'll have heard this, I've been reminded of how selfish and how individual the world and sometimes we can be. Do you know that of the 2.5 billion vaccines that there are in the world, only 1% have gone to the poorest 29 countries? 1%. And we've got stockpiles of millions in this country, in Europe. And stockpiles are the ones that we're not using. I came in a taxi this morning, and the taxi driver said, I don't want that AstraZeneca. And they've got it in so many countries and they're not using it. 
but they're not sending it to places that would be desperate to receive the vaccine. Why? Because of selfishness, because of self-preservation. They're not sending the um, patents because they don't want other people to benefit potentially and lose profit. And that is so individualistic. And that's the country. And we can play a part. How do we play a part as churches and individuals? Well, you can do what I did. You can write and send a note to your MPs. You can write to the government. It might not make a difference, but it shows that you are interested in the ways of the world. And you never know how many voices built up actually start people to listen. We voted the other day. Voting is part of our voices. So we need to do that. We as individuals over this year, well, we've got the, the wonder of technology that means that people who probably may not have been able to come out before are now able to be fully part of the service. And that's absolutely fantastic. We've got Zoom or Teams or whatever you use that we use in our homes or on our phones. And that means that they've opened up the world for us, which is great. But you know and I know that computers can also close down the world. You know and I know that they can keep us occupied on social media and forget social engagement. So from vaccines to Zoom, the pandemic has taught us both that we're interconnected, but also that we can be very um, individual and selfish. So when we come out of lockdown, fully more out of lockdown, we've got to think of the ways that we can reweave our connections with each other in church and with the community around us. And we need to think how we should use Jesus's model of friendship to go about living our lives. We need to be intentional and we need to go out not looking for what we can receive in return. We need to think of our community. And, and Jesus talks about the way in which friendship must play out. And over these past weeks, there's been such deep sadness, but there's been a reminder of laying down your life. Falajimi Olabumi Adewole gave up his life for a woman he didn't know. Michael Alatonde Fadoyomi gave up his life to save his son from being attacked. Fares Matu stepped in to protect his friend and gave up his life. What greater love? What greater love? It's the love which drives one person to save the helpless. It's the love our Lord showed us. So what can we do as church? What can you do in this community around you? Well, some of the considerations are potentially looking outwards to our community here and becoming more socially responsible and morally responsible. It was here in South Norwood that we had those horrendous housing problems in Regina Road. Four years, four years, and nobody listened. And a drip of a tap turned into a condemned building and people's lives shattered. And I attend a community meeting at the Croydon CVA weekly on my day off. And I go particularly because it brings together about 20 to 30 community groups who are coming to work together 
to try to find a way through the challenges of serious youth violence and some of the problems that families are facing. And here in South Norwood, we have a lot of those challenges. So there's work to do. So as we come back to who we are, we need to be looking inward at how we rebuild and outward at how we be part of the community around us. We need to be working in love and friendship and act of witnessing in unity to the community. So are we our brothers and sisters keepers? Yes, that's what we've been called to be. Is all we need love? Yes, but it's a love that challenges us to become involved. That's the gift that we were commanded to share with the world. And I pray that all churches and you here at St. Mark's and Holy Innocence will find your ways to become involved and to show God's love as you witness to the world around you. Amen.